On this episode of Bootstrappers, Jeremy and I are going to discuss when it's time to sell your business. We're going to go through the three key questions every business owner needs to know. That's on this episode of Bootstrappers. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. Welcome to this episode of Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy. Yeah, it's me. And we're going to talk about something that is very interesting and a big topic in the industry, which is when is it time to sell your business? And we're going to go through three questions every business owner needs to ask themselves before they decide to sell. And we're talking about this because we actually just sold our business. Um, Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. If you're looking for professionals to help you run and grow your company, go to anaquim.net right now and set up a discovery call. If you set up a discovery call, get 50% off of your first placement fee by mentioning the Bootstrapper Show. And so, yes, so you, we did, we just sold Wistar Group to Pure Property Management. Um, we still have a property management company though in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that this is a good topic for us to talk about because we obviously had these questions for ourselves, the, the three questions every business owner needs to ask before they decide to sell. And we had to talk about those ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we started the company uh, years ago, I guess it was what? 16 years 16 ago. 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of uh, late nights, uh, working an awful lot, trying to build processes, procedures. We took a little bit different tack uh, than a lot of people did. We, I think, integrated technology into our business before most people did and we just kept developing based on that as a property management company nothing else but a property management company and you know at some point after 16 years um well actually about 11 12 years into it we started another company which kind of divided our time a little bit so we had to figure out you know yeah you kind of have to find out where you fit into the organization which kind of feeds into one of the reasons uh, or how you would know you're ready to sell the company. And in that case, um, for me, it was just that I was distracted enough by another thing that I was more passionate about. And, but I was really hard headed. I wanted to make it, I wanted to stay with Wistar Group to help bring it up to the next level. But over the course of just a couple of years, it didn't quite. Uh, looked like that was definitely going to happen. So then you brought up uh, the possibility maybe of selling. And that's when we started to have these conversations. So I just want to be really clear on what the first, what the questions are, the three core questions you have to ask yourself before you sell your company. The first one is, is your business ready to sell? And you would define that as having your processes, procedures, and policies organized, written, and followed. Would you agree with that? So it's of utmost importance, I think, if you're going to get any kind of return on your money, because the way I always considered this, I came from logistics, 3PL, um, international supply chain, actually. And one thing that we had to live by was processes, procedures, and policies. And you didn't deviate at all because it really just slowed things down. So we went into creating Wistar Group with policies, processes, and procedures, because it was always explained to me that when you do sell the company, that's actually what you're selling. You can sell 
you can hand over your policies, pro uh, procedures and um, processes to, to whoever it is that's looking at your business and they should be able to identify that, okay, this company has their shit together and we can train. I mean, there's so many things that come from having procedures. One of them is training. It makes the onboarding process a lot easier. Uh, another one is that you don't have to think about every single instance that comes before you. It's the consistency of Consist the output because uh, if you're following processes and procedures, you're not going to have wildly different outputs. And so it ensures the future or the buyer that they're buying a system that has a consistent product that comes out of the the line or the, the assembly line, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, you have them written down. Um, policies is another one. It's different than pro procedures and uh, processes and that policies really are the rules that you live by. They kind of have to, and you have to, they, they're infused by your vision. Uh, I'm sorry, your values. And so you have policies that you hold your team accountable to that they're written down and something you can hand over to a potential buyer is important. Um, is your team in place? Is it, so if you have your policies, procedures, and processes, then the next thing is, does your team follow them on a yeah. regular basis? Yeah. And do you have it kind of functioning without you? The one thing about selling your company is if it is the Jeremy show or the Gwen show, or uh, if it's all about one individual, it makes your company less valuable. So it is really important to elevate your team. So what someone is purchasing is that that team dynamic, the system the team is using to have the consistent process or product, if you will, or service, and um, that the team can function really without you needing to be in the room day and night. And then, um, you know, you, then you kind of get into the price. So is your business ready to sell? Well, I don't know. What's the valuation? And does that jive with where you need it to be? Um, because you can always sell your company. Uh, you can always sell it for less than it's worth or you can sell it for what it's not worth yet. Um, and that's that's kind of that balance. You got to figure it out. Like in my case, do I have, is the company where I actually want it to be? I think there were things that we could have done to make it so maybe the valuation was 30% higher in the next two years. But, uh, and I did for too long, maybe hold on to the idea that, okay, well, I just need to focus for these next two years to get this up to where I want it to be. But, but then practically speaking, I didn't have the time to do that. And so it was, an, it was the right number for where we were. And it kind of, in a sense, it felt like I was settling because it never really got to the potential that I wanted. But now it's in the hands, a capable hands of, of another outfit that can really realize that, that, um, um, gain. And one thing to keep in mind is that we don't really get to set the price for our company. The market sets the price. So you kind of have to look at the market factors to determine where when it's the right time or not. So um, for us right now, people want to pay pretty good money for a property management company. And so given the fact that we had another business that we were really focused on and a lot of the other factors the what the market was willing to pay, what was an acceptable price for us, it matched up. But you can't always just sell the company for top value top value whenever you want because the market sets the price. So um, you always have to kind of take that into consideration when you're doing the calculus. 
especially when interest rates are low. There tends to be a little bit higher buy price. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Go ahead. Buy in from your partners. Like if you're a company that has partners, you've got to make sure that they're all on the same page and you got to do a sales pitch to them internally because ultimately the, the, um, you know, this is their lives, their careers that they've put blood, sweat, and tears into also. And the idea of, of leaving it behind, like leaving that stability behind is something that needs to be compensated. Um, and, and so what you've developed, what you've designed, what you've created has to be in a position to be able to make sure that your partners are getting compensated, um, in a fair and equitable way. And I would also say, so with Wistar Group, I kind of was the ringleader of selling it. And um, I wanted it. And Jeremy knows this from being married to me. But like when I decide something, it's like it happened yesterday. Like I, in my head. That's how I got this thing. <laughs> in my head, it, it's like, oh, I decided it. So it's like it already happened. I don't know. I just want, I want it really badly. But we had two other business partners who had to be on the same page. So in my experience, if one person just drives the train and does every piece of the sale for them, you can get kind of a backlash at the very end when everybody has to sign. So you can get um, signals that they're on board, they're on board, they're on board. But if they don't have to do any of the work in the sales process, you're really not sure they're on board until maybe they're not. And then the deal totally falls apart. So it's, it was important for me to get verbal buy-in on the front end, but also get all of the owners into the nitty gritty of the end of the sale and you know the numbers and how everything was going to be flushed out. And they had to have some skin in the game because because it gave me assurance that at the end of the day, when we were all going to sign, that everybody would. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, in the way we went about it is we kind of uh, let them participate in getting the the, the project going all the mm-hmm. way from start to finish. And, and to your point, you know, they got to see what the questions were being asked. They, de- they dove into the details. Um, you know, they really had to look at the books and figure out, okay, this is what I'm giving up is the, is what's on the other side of this transaction, something that, um, enhances my life, or at least gives me enough money so that I can rebuild and do something different for sure. And when the majority owners want something really badly, they can, and this did not happen with us, but I've seen it happen in other deals. They are blinded by the signals of the minority partners not wanting to get the deal done. And they really are blindsided at the very end of the deal. So those relationships and making sure everybody's on the same page and if there are any hiccups that those are emotionally dealt with at the moment is really crucial to getting a deal done if if you're driving the bus. I, I don't think that can be overstated. The other thing that comes up that people can um, forget about is if you're like emotionally over a lawsuit, but the lawsuit's not technically done, it's going to show up uh, when you're trying to sell the business. So you really have to make sure that um, any issues with the business are resolved before you sell. Yeah, there's liabilities on a balance sheet, but there's also uh, liabilities like those lawsuits, which, you know, you're you're not, you, nobody's going to be all that interested in buying your company if there's a potential Like lawsuit. a big unknown. Yeah, big yeah. unknown like that. So stay clean. 
do things mm-hmm. the right way. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to, so the first question is, is your business ready to sell? The second question is, are you personally vital to the business? Um, and getting out of the business way is really hard for a lot of entrepreneurs. For a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, it's always like in the, in our, in those circles, they do not want to, uh, they want to stay busy, I suspect, or something. And they have a hard time uh, actually building a system that makes it so they can incrementally peel away from the organization. Because keep in mind that if you really want to sell the company, there's multiple ways of selling a company. But one of them is um, that you can you can stay active and then you take the equity payments over the course of time based on some performance indicators. Uh, and the other one is you just scoot. Like you can just you can just leave the company because the company doesn't need you anymore. And so the best way to indicate, or the, the way for you to make sure, to really understand that your um, company's worth probably or near what it, uh, it can max out at is if you're not involved anymore. And this is really hard for business owners, myself included, because um, I've, you know, a lot of business owners, super hard workers and big on nose to the grindstone. And there's this ethos that, you know, you have to work harder than your, than your employees to show them the value of hard work. You know, there's, that's a big part of entrepreneurship. Like I'm the hardest worker. I'm the one who's here first thing in the morning and I leave the last and I want to show, be a good example for all the employees. But the interesting thing is when you sell a company, that's actually a major liability. Major. So it's really important um, to think about it almost as being selfish if you're the hardest worker at your company because you're not elevating and delegating. You're not teaching people how to grow their business skills because you're kind of taking that from them. And then also, if you ever intend on selling your business, um, you're making it less valuable for yourself and any other payouts of any important people that you would want them to get a piece of the pie. That value is going to be less because you haven't exited the business. So it's actually really important that you're not, you know, the, your face on every billboard in town. Yeah, like- um, that you're not the business. It has to be separate. Um, and we have a lot of these discussions because I do a lot of videos and I'm like, oh, this cannot be the Gwen show. Yeah. Because it's really horrible for f- if you're looking at the business as a whole. And so then, you know, are you providing the vision as the leader and the CEO? I think um, you, got, you also kind of have to be honest with yourself. Has the company outgrown you? Because there's a, there's a decent chance that if your company is kind of stalling or something, it might be time for revitalization by having new leadership. Sometimes that's hiring someone in your stead, but it can also be uh, selling your company to another infrastructure that might be able to do it more justice. And that was one of the things that Jeremy and I identified when it was time for us to sell with Star Group is that our excitement to get up and go to work every day was for Anaquim. And it, we love, 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 love uh, the Wistar team. Those people, they are the salt of the earth, hardest workers, 
amazing values. You want to be around them. And so we were wondering, are we doing everyone a disservice with having one foot out the door and not waking up in the morning to elevate and celebrate them and provide amazing vision for them? And when we were really honest with ourselves, we weren't doing that role as well as we had in the past. And is it fair for us to be in charge of a business where all everybody's career is important to us and their development is important to us, but we're not really putting 100% effort or vision towards that business? It seemed like they deserved better. Yeah. And I mean, to add injury and insult to the other team is that as a non-participating majority uh, stakeholder, shareholder, you're also uh, deriving the majority of the gains of the company with almost no effort. And at a certain point, I think the partners and people in the company kind of intuit that that's not exactly the right well we had we had minority owners who were doing all the legwork and so it during our board meetings um it came up like hey we need to have a rule in here that if you're not participating in the company you've got to sell um and that was fair because for example one of our minority owners deserved a vacation and we had some hiccups, you know, it's July in property management. And I don't think he actually took a single day off. <laughs> and oh, yeah, so, just... you know, he gets his check and he sees our check and he's like, I mean, come on, come on, guys. So there are those hard questions um, or hard conversations that have to be had at any company. Um, and ours led us to believe that we weren't the best leaders at a certain point. So that brings us to the third question is, what is your why for selling? Um, And everybody has a different why. I mean, maybe your why is like, look, I've been working my butt off my whole life. It's retirement time. It's time for me to get out. Um, Maybe your why is that your health is uh, fading. We had a minority owner who, for health reasons, sold his ownership because he was like, being a part owner of this company is literally killing me. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that can drive people to sell. Um, He just wanted more work-life balance. And in property management and our organization, the level of effort we needed from him, he wasn't going to get the work-life balance that he needed to stay healthy at that moment in his life. Um, And so what what are your needs and wants? And ours, Jeremy and I, were distracted because Anaquim was becoming a more fun venture for us, we were um, excited about helping small businesses uh, in the United States be uh, be amazing and profitable uh, with the Anaquim labor. We are wake up every morning super excited to create amazing jobs in an emerging market like Mexico. And we were just so pumped and excited about Anaquim that we wanted to spend 100% of our time for work and that's on where, that business. And that's where your head goes, right? I mean, you might have the responsibility to run one to run a company, but, um, but if your head isn't in it, you don't... You don't you or know, your heart. Or your heart isn't in it, then your head's not in it, and you can't really... You don't end up spending as much time as you know the company deserves. 
And so I think knowing why you want to sell your business and being very clear on what your next step is, it's, uh, I, we talked to our friends, we've had some friends sell their businesses while they're really young. And we're like, gosh, do you know what you're going to do next? Because this could be very depressing to be retired at 40 you know? Yeah. And so being very clear on what your next step is, we were very clear our day wasn't going to change that much. We were just going to go to work at Adequim like we had been for the last few years. Yeah. Cause we, we still have, yeah. you know, we're still young. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. I'm still young. <laughs> Maybe not even, that might not even be true, but, um, so just knowing where, what you're going to do after the sale and being really clear on how you're going to spend your time. Um, I actually had a friend, he's kind of not super close to retirement, but thinking about retirement. And so he took a six week hiatus from his business, um, just to see what retirement would feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, he was available if anyone needed him, but he was like, I'm just gonna hang out for six weeks and just check this out. And he realized he really didn't have any hobbies or anything Depressing. that he enjoyed doing. And it did, it was a little bit of a scary moment for him. That would be so, a reason not to get out. Cause at least with the business, running a business, you have purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so be very clear on that. So any final thoughts about when to sell? No, I mean, it's actually a really fun exercise. And as you're building your company, you always have to keep in mind that at some point there is going to be an exit plan. It could be five years from now, 10, 20, 30, but you've got to construct it layer by layer every single year. What you leave behind has to be a stronger structure than at the beginning of that year. And if you do that over the course of time, if that's your mindset, then you, at the end of the day, when you, it comes time to start thinking, you have fun with it, you start talking to prospects, you start daydreaming about what you could do with all that money. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it, it's a very satisfying um, thing to have, uh, to be able to say that you accomplished in, in your lifetime. Um, so have fun with it. Look at it that way. You're building your business every single day to build uh, policies, processes, and procedures, something you can hand over and tangibly um, uh, give to a potential buyer and, and uh, them know that this, this organization has its uh, stuff in order. So Bootstrappers is powered by Antiquim. Uh, if you're looking for professionals who can help you grow your business, go to aniquim.net right now and set up a discovery call. If you set up a discovery call, you can get 50% off of your first placement fee by mentioning the Bootstrappers show. That's a wrap. We'll see you next time on Bootstrappers. This is the Bootstrapper Show for Property Management, powered by Aniquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.